When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. So it was a busy old day at Lords. Day one, Test one, New Zealand, the World Test Champions against Brendan McCullum's England. And uh, part of the call team here on SENZ is Nikesh Raghani, who uh, was calling the game from Lords. How are you doing, Nikesh? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, busy day. Lots of wickets. <laughs> Plenty of wickets. I, I did say when I was looking at the two teams uh, when I was on here the other day that it looked like it was going to be a bowler-dominant test because uh, those bowling lineups are so strong and I wasn't convinced by the batting lineups. Was that how you saw it as well going in? Yeah, a little bit. And, um, yeah, you can take a, a little bit from New Zealand's form, of course. I know we don't like to read too much into warm-up games on tour, but particularly their last warm-up game against the... Counties 11, where they sort of slumped, I think it was 18 for six in their second innings. And, you know, it was even the first innings, it was the lower order really who got them to that total of 300 odd as well. So the top order has really struggled. You've got the likes of Devin Conway, Kane Williamson, you know, some of the key batters in that lineup. No Ross Taylor, of course, now since his retirement, but the likes of Williamson, Conway, they've been away in the IPL, they've played T20 cricket difficult to come over to England and play against the, the Red Dukes ball, completely different format as well, uh, you know, flying halfway across the world and, you know, straight back into action as well. And as far as England are concerned, we, we all know about England's troubles with the bat, that top order in particular, that top three, so reliant on Joe Root they are, who comes in at number four. And um, yeah, it's, it's kind of the way most people saw it. I don't think we quite expected the, uh, the amount of wickets that we saw on day one to four, 17 wickets on the first day. And um, I tell you what, normally you'd look at a scorecard, you'd see 17 wickets fell on that first day and you think it's either a green seamer or there's just been some absolutely horrendous batting. I don't think it was terrible batting. There was some decent bowling, but it was just too many sort of bad moments of judgment, I think, just, just sort of prodding at balls a little bit wider the off stump. There were lots of edges through to the keeper and through to the slips as well. So just a little bit of uh, game management perhaps from both sides could have been better. I don't think it was there was anything wrong with the pitch itself, actually. It looked uh, an absolute belter. And I think New Zealand made the right decision, actually, to have a bat first. Sun was out. The, the pitch looked nice and dry. There was no green on it at all. And uh, both sides ultimately just got it wrong with their shot selection. Yeah, I mean, the uh, New Zealand opening batting uh, set up, you know, one, one, two, three. Doesn't uh, doesn't read well. Uh, sort of reads like a uh, a phone number in some small town somewhere in the middle of nowhere, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so, it does indeed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, we'll talk about Matthew Potts in a minute, but I think you got got to talk about uh, Johnny Bearstow as well, a guy who's position in the team's probably been under threat uh, coming into this series. And uh, I know he didn't yeah. go particularly well 
uh, with the bat just yet. But, I mean, man, his performance in the slips early in the day when it's easy not to quite be switched on, hands are a bit cold. Um, I thought he was uh, superb, particularly that first catch that he took off uh, Will Young. Yeah, the first one, outstanding, very low, sort of diving forward. And he, he had the, the, the second slip diving in his way as well. So, you know, kind of uh, very difficult to keep your eyes on the ball and not get distracted by your teammates sort of coming right across your eye line. The second one, a little bit more simple, but sort of slipped out of his palms, made it look spectacular in the end with the rebound diving forward. And then the third one, uh, another pretty decent catch as well. So, yeah, outstanding in the slip court. And we've seen that from both sides, really. We saw Tim Southey take a, a great one in England's innings as well. Um, so, yeah, as far as the fielding is concerned, uh, the, the slip catching in particular has been very good. And, uh, yeah, the bowling as well, you know, from both sides. They've just put it on that spot, haven't they? Just, just, just got it right. England, as you say, with that New Zealand top order and the scores you just reeled off, they kind of got it right a little bit earlier on and they made those early inroads, whereas New Zealand really came strong towards the back end of the day because England, at one stage, 59 without loss, weren't they, in their reply to 132. And it was uh, Zach Crawley who hit 43 of those 59, looking really good in ominous form, driving really well through the offside. And that really was a, a big turning moment uh, that the wicket of uh, Crawley and Alex Lees didn't quite look as positive. Ollie Pope in at number three, struggling. And then to get Joe Root early as well, absolute bonus uh, for England because he looked pretty comfortable for his 11 from 15. He wasn't out there for very long, but just that body language and the aura around Joe Root, he was making it look really easy up until that point. Uh, but again, another another sharp catch at third slip there, getting rid of him. Yeah, some, some great fielding, some very good bowling, as you mentioned. And I think... Uh, you know, you look at this, the way England lined up with Broad and Anderson, uh, and it flies in the face of what the coaching group tried to do in that Ashes tour, where they tried to play one uh, and rest one and then and then swap them out for the next test, which at the time made no sense to me. But Brennan McCullum's just gone and said, this is our best team, let's play our best team. Yeah, and Ben Stokes was also very clear as well. As soon as he got appointed as captain, his first thing, uh, his first sort of call of order was, to bring Broad and Anderson straight back into the side and play both of them. And, and absolutely, I mean, how long have you got left of these two? You know, you've got Stuart Broad, who's 36. You've got Jimmy Anderson, who's almost 40. I think he's he's uh, 40 or days away, 40 or so days away from, from his 40th birthday. So, uh, you know, you've not got much time left with these two guys in the team. They're two of the legends of English cricket, uh, you know, 1,100-plus wickets between them and, and they're doing the business. I mean, Jimmy Anderson with four wickets again today, Broad only got the one, but he bowled better than his figures would suggest. And, uh, you know, well backed up by Matty Potts on debut. What a debut it was for the youngster as well from Durham Forfer. And unfortunately, uh, just had to go off uh, with a bit of cramp. Thankfully, it was nothing more serious than cramp. Um, but we were a bit shocked um, in the commentary box, uh, just, just seeing him, hobble well he didn't even hobble off did he He almost walked off the field to the dressing room so he looked not too uncomfortable you're on debut you've got four for 12 you're at lords you know full packed house the sun is shining you've got a chance for for a fiver on your debut and uh he just didn't sort of stay down enough and, and try and stretch out that cramp he just went off the field he did come out to bat later on but yeah shame from england fans perspective not to see him uh, get the chance to get that fighter, but still, nonetheless, uh, what a debut! I mean, he would have dreamt of this last night. Probably didn't get a great night's sleep, uh, and uh, yeah, this this would have been 
an absolute dream start. And, and the big wicket of Kane Williamson is his first one as well. Yeah, he, he did so well. Finished with four for thirteen, as you, as you mentioned, uh, off uh, nine and a half overs, basically, which is which is a great start to his career. You mentioned the uh, the England effectively, a, you know, a bit of a batting collapse. Uh, they're one hundred and sixteen for seven at stumps. Um, and I look at who's to come. You know, uh, Stuart Broad's not famous for making a lot of runs. Uh, ben Folks is probably you know the last one who's going to score a lot. When you look at Jimmy Anderson coming at ten. I scratch my head and think, how bad's a guy at 11? Um, so uh, where are you on? What do you think England's final total in the first uh, innings will be? Will they, will, will they get to New Zealand, do you think, have a small lead? Well, I'll tell you what, when they were 100 for seven, we were thinking New Zealand might might well have a small lead. Uh, I think it looks as though England are 16 behind. They've got three wickets. And then Folks is still there, as you say. So he is the key to this innings because we saw Stuart Broad looking very uncomfortable out there, especially against the short ball. I mean, it's... It's been amazing, isn't it, how Stuart Broad's career in his younger days, I, I played junior cricket with him in Leicestershire and through through the sort of age group ranks and he was always a batter who bowled a bit and even when he came into the England side and sort of made his professional county debut and he, he was, you know, more of a bowler at that stage by the time he was 19 or so, but he was certainly somebody who could come in at 7 or 8 and get you some runs. He's got a top score of 169 at Lords against Pakistan in, in that infamous test in 2010. So, had a lot of potential, but then that short delivery when India toured England in 2014, Baron Aaron just smashed him through the helmet grill and uh, sort of cut his face. And since then, his confidence has completely been shot. And, and New Zealand knew that today. They were bowling those short deliveries at him and he was hopping about in the crease. just didn't look comfortable at all out there. So a lot does depend on Ben Folks. Um, you know, if England can get a lead of 30 or 40 runs, that would be absolutely valuable in this kind of situation, in a low-scoring match. And then they'd hope, once again, to bowl New Zealand out cheaply. But even if New Zealand sort of batted better and went on to get 250-odd, if England can get that 40 or so run lead, and they won't have a big target to chase in that second innings, you wouldn't think the way things have gone so far. So, yeah, in a low-scoring match, that is what they will be aiming for. But from a New Zealand point of view, they've only got three more to get, and they could do that probably in the next... Uh, five or six overs, the way things have gone and the, the way the, the England batting has collapsed from 96 for two, remember, to now 116 for seven overnight. So, uh, yeah, the, the England press contingent, not really surprised with England's collapse and uh, probably expecting the worst tomorrow as well. Yeah. What, what's been the reaction to Brendan McCullum's uh, style of coaching, if you like, and the things he's tried to implement? Is there, is there have they seen enough to, to have a take on that, or is it very much like, uh, let's wait and see still? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really early days, isn't it? First sort of day, not in the job, but, you know, first day of a test match, and, and that is where you kind of see the proof of what he's trying to implement. It takes a while for a new coach and a new captain, indeed, to implement their own ideas on a particular side. But you can see what they're doing. I mean, maybe you'd say in that lineup, Jack Leach might be the odd one out. He's not the not an attacking option with the ball and obviously he's missing out on the rest of this test with concussion Matt Parkinson comes in but you know they're, they're going for positive selections they're trying to play positive cricket as you saw with the ball and, and even with the bat really you know you've seen some positive shot selection from most of the batters apart from Alex Lees as well so yeah still early days but there's a good feeling around England at the moment. Yeah, which is uh, which is what you need after uh, what's gone on particularly uh, not not just in Australia but I think that trip to the West Indies and not being able to to, to beat the Windies had probably compounded it, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know that that was uh, a, a sort of 
real turning moment in, in the captaincy of Joe Root and that coming to an end. And yeah, just the whole regime felt like it needed a change after that, following the ashes, of course, the humiliation down under in Australia. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a new time for England, but I think people are happy with A, the appointment of Ben Stokes as captain and B, Brendan McCullum as head coach. They see it as a positive move, an aggressive move. And, and I suppose, you know, I don't want to use a cliche, but I'm going to have to. Time will tell. Yeah, time will tell. What What's the uh, forecast for the next four days? Are we likely to have any play interruptions? Uh, tomorrow looks good. So Friday, uh, the test match uh, looks, looks set fair. Nice warm day, around 21 degrees. Maybe a little bit of rain on Saturday, but should get a, a good chunk of playing. And then Sunday and Monday doesn't look too good with the wet weather around. But the way the match is at the moment, we probably won't get there. Yeah, well, exactly. I was because I was going to ask you about the spin options. Uh, you know, Lords generally takes a little bit of turn from about day three, day four onwards. Um, but a yeah, good chance that we don't even get there. But uh, what do you make of the spin options both sides have? Yeah, I mean, I just Patel. He hasn't played since he took that ten for in India, has he? So uh, you know, taking a ten for in a Test match. I know it's in spin friendly conditions, and I knew New Zealand went on to to lose that particular Test match. But you know. It's a man in form and, uh, you know, a man who's been there and done it and done what only two other cricketers in the history of Test cricket have ever done before. Uh, Matt Parkinson is a bit of an unknown. He's coming to the side, of course, as a concussion substitute uh, for Jack Leach. Uh, we wish Jack Leach the best. Uh, he's a wrist spinner. He's a leg spinner from Lancashire. And fans have been calling for him to play in the Test side for quite some time. He's had uh, a really good start to his Lancashire career over the last uh, few years and, uh, yeah, he's you know he's an attacking option. He's a more attacking option than the Jack Leach. Jack Leach, the finger spinner, can hold up an end, whereas Matt Parkinson is a wicket taker. So both sides have got a wicket taking option uh, as their spin option in this Test match. And I tell you what, if we get more good weather on Friday, like we're expecting as well, the pitch has already looked a little bit dry, and uh, we're probably going to see a little bit more of that as well. Do you think going into the second Test, and I'm, I know I'm asking you to, to forecast a bit here, but um, you know depending on how Matt Parkinson goes, that he's now in the driver's seat for a position that team. I know that there's been talk about Moen Ali saying, oh, well, I'll come out of retirement to play in this team. Yeah, I mean, there's been talk about that. And Brendan McCullum, I think, has been sort of saying to these guys that, you know, if, if you want, maybe the door might be might be open for the likes of Moen Ali, Adil Rashid, perhaps. But Matt Parkinson, look, he's there. He's the best place to be is there in the side. He's going to get a chance here in the second innings, um, you know, against these uh, New Zealand batters. And let's see how he goes. It's it's all, all about how he performs, really. He's probably going to get a run of a couple of games. We don't know when Leach will come back. So, uh, yeah, the best thing he can do is, is take some wickets. And then uh, once he's there, he's the man in possession. And uh, it's up to everybody else to, to try and sort of pounce and, and, you know, see if he hits a bit of bad form. Then they can force their way into the side. But, yeah, the best place to be is there. And uh, he's finally got his call up, and uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing him. Yeah, indeed, look forward to seeing how the rest of this test plays out as well, Nikesh. Thanks very much for giving us some time at the end of what's been a, a damn long day for you. Uh, we'll let you go rest those tonsils, mate. And enjoy the rest of the test and have a good call. Thanks. Take care. Cheers. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.